Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Interlude episode 31.5, ultimate episode 72. So uh, since I recorded last, there's a handful of things that have uh, occurred, the, you know, the things that we've done mostly, so nothing like earth-shattering. Well, I don't know, maybe one of them. So uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, we do kind of that least own thing on our phones with AT&T. And so our, our time was up. And uh, so we've decided to go in and get some new phones. Uh, I know some of you are going to rejoice. Some of you are going to hate me, but we're Apple users here. Um, I have my own opinions about the whole thing, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> it is what it is. And we're happy. So yay. Anyway, um, so my wife and I upgraded to the uh, iPhone 11 plus ultra mega, whatever it's called. Uh, and I'd have to say, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's faster. The screen looks a little clearer and, uh, the, the camera is truly fantastic. I mean, it's, it's actually incredibly awesome. Um, in fact, I even bought a special case for it that has a little shield that you close, uh, that goes over the, um, that goes over the camera lens. So, yeah, anyway, uh, the facial recognition is probably the newest thing for us. I know the technology isn't that new, but it is the newest thing for us. Having said that, it does make me kind of sad that uh, the company that I work for uh, still requires us to do uh, physical typed passwords, whereas, uh, you know, the phone companies for years have been using, you know, fingerprint ID or facial recognition. Uh, and I mean, seriously, let's let's get with the program, people. Um so that was uh, that was kind of cool. I'm I'm kind of excited for these new phones. Another thing that we've done is uh, with the house that we live in now, we have tons of windows, but those windows faced both east and west, um, and because of that, we get sun pretty much all day long. And it's not like overly burdensome, but there are times of the day where it's pretty bright. And so I bought this stuff that you put on your windows. You put it on the inside of the windows. It's got a slight tint to it, but it also has a reflective surface, kind of like a one-way mirror or two-way mirror, whatever they're called. And um, part of the reason for that is so that we can have the, the windows in the front of the house, the curtains opened, but people can't see in. So anyways, I bought it like two years ago and uh, finally took some time and had my parents come up and help me. Um, both of my parents are fantastic at pretty much everything they try to do. And so I knew if I had them here to help, I would be less likely to screw up. And sure enough, uh, they did an amazing job. We only put it on one uh, window. It's it's actually a door with a window across the whole thing. And um, it is amazing, like truly amazing. I mean, this is some fairly inexpensive stuff that I just bought off of Amazon. And uh, it works amazingly well. So I'm really excited to put it up on basically the rest of the windows of the house. Um, so, uh, yeah, and yeah, you can stand outside right up to it and you cannot see inside the house unless it's brighter inside than it is outside. So, uh, yeah, kind of cool. Um, so I've, I've finally succumbed to the reality that I'm going to be working from home more than in the office. So I finally caved and bought myself a standing desk, another, this, another Amazon purchase. Um, it's a manual crank standing desk. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't remember exactly how much I paid for it, maybe $100, $200, but uh, it's been really nice. My back is starting to feel better again. I forgot how nice it is. Um, I did buy an elliptical off of Amazon um, that uh, promptly broke after two days of use. Um, it's one of those ones that you can use with a standing desk, but uh, I'm, I, I ended up just going into work and getting my significantly nicer elliptical that I bought for work and bringing it home. It's, it's like a kind of elliptical slash stair stepper type of, uh, device. Um, 
the one I have now is super quiet. Um, I've been using it for over a year and it's still working fantastically well. So the cool part is, is that not only am I standing, but I'm in motion the whole time. And since I'm a super power pacer, uh, I can pace while still standing more or less still while still working. And, um, and the nice thing is, is that I'm in my library here at home, which is bigger than some offices at work. And so I feel like I can kind of move around the room if I need to. Plus, I'm surrounded by books, which, you know, is there much life better than being surrounded by books? So, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool um, as far as an experiment is concerned. Um, you know, at work, I, I was probably putting a good three miles in a day on my elliptical, but I had lots of meetings that I had to go to. At home, I do all my meetings virtually, so I stay on the elliptical all day. So I'm probably putting closer to five to seven miles on in a day. And um, for the last few months, I've been sitting kind of like a lazy boy with my laptop on my lap. And now I'm using the standing desk and an elliptical. And yeah, it's made a huge difference on my whole body. I just feel better. Um, so uh, one of the things that um, my, my wife and I have been talking about is, you know, sometimes my sanity level, uh, especially my rational level, uh, it changes over time. And uh, sometimes for the better and sometimes not. And lately, it's been more on the not so better side. And I have found that some of that is a direct result of my routines and uh, some of the things that I know help me. As one of those is my nightly studies. I haven't been as good about that lately. So I've started getting back into that again. And, and I always enjoy that. And that just makes me feel better. But some of it also has to do with doing things with my hands. And so I decided that I'm going to go ahead and pick up my chainmail again. Um, I'm not sure how much I've talked about this in the past, but back uh, when I was on my mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, I had a, uh, an individual on my mission who uh, he and I were having a discussion, and I mentioned to him how much I would love to learn to blacksmith. It's just one of those passions that may never be fulfilled or dreams that may never be fulfilled in this, in this life. And he goes, well, I don't know how to do that, but I know how to weave chainmail. And, and for those of you who are thinking I'm talking about those emails that float around, that is not the case. This is metal that you actually wear, like medieval knights used to wear. It's a, also called link mail. So anyways, he taught me how to do it. And so back in around 2000, I started working on a chainmail vest, or that's what it ultimately ended up being. Um, and uh, it, it has around 50,000 links individually put on one by one. I won't go into all the gory details about how you make it. It's not really that difficult. But it did take me close to 12 years to put it together. Now, not end-to-end -end 12 years. But it's around 30 pounds. Uh, I typically only wear it for Halloween or just to show off. Uh, it is knife-proof, um, I can tell you. And I won't go into again all the details, but it is knife-proof. Um, and so I've decided that I am going to do the next level. Um, this, is a, the, this vest that I made is sleeveless, and it's just open in the front with a couple of clasps to close it. Um, I am now going to make a cloak, and this cloak is going to go shoulder to floor, uh, no sleeves, front to back, just an open seam across the front. So I'm going to even try to make a hood for it. We'll have to see. Um, so I started on that a couple of days ago, and I already feel better. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. So I, I encourage you, the whole doing with your hands things, it's, it definitely, um, definitely helps. And so I wanted to segue uh, from, from that into some really cool news. So... Uh, where my family and I live, um, back in the last general conference from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they announced that there was going to be a temple built in our town. And uh, we just found out within the last two weeks where it's going to be. And it's going to be 1.1 miles exactly from my house, which means I will literally be able to see it from my backyard. And I am so incredibly excited by that. 
uh, and, and for a variety of reasons, one of which is just general proximity. Um, it'll be nice to have a place to just go walk around, even if I'm not going to go inside of it. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the, the, the significance of that, um, I will go into more detail at another time, but uh, it's, it's a very special and important, we call it sacred place. Um, and so that's, that segues over to uh, the quote, uh, the spiritual quote that we come across here recently. This is from Elder Neil A. Anderson. And this is what he says. I have found that as I prayerfully study the words of the prophets of God and carefully with patience spiritually align my will with his inspired teachings, my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ always increases. If we choose to set his counsel aside and determine that we know better, our faith suffers and our eternal perspective is clouded. So this, this quote has many, many layers of importance to me. Uh, one of those is uh, in, the, in the Book of Mormon, especially in the Book of Alma, it talks about the seed and how you um, to kind of test if something is true or not is you plant the seed and see if it grows. And here, uh, whether he intended to do this or not, he actually puts one of those types of tests in this line. And that is, is that, um, and, and I'll re repeat this part in the middle of the quote, um, my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ always increases. And so that would be the test is if, you know, you, you listen to the prophet and I, I love how he says, align my will with his. So that doesn't mean I'm going to become him. I'm not going to become the teachings, but I'm going to align my will. In the Book of Mormon, in um, later in the Book of Mormon, we meet one of the Nephi's. There's multiple Nephi's throughout the Book of Mormon. This one is the Nephi, the son of Helaman. And at one point, um, Heavenly Father gives him the power to make anything happen in this world that he wants to because he knows his will will never be, never be contrary to that of the Lord's. And that's how I see this. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm going to put something out here, and, and this is not out of pride. This is out of perspective. Um, the more I learn, and, and I've used this quote before, um, this is kind of just an interesting little tidbit. The idea of the more you know, the more you realize, the less you know, I would argue, goes on to say, and the more you realize, the less you know, the more there is to know. And so it becomes this kind of infinite cycle of, of increasing knowledge and growth. To me, what that means is no matter how smart I am or how smart I think I am, I will never be smart enough to know everything. And therefore, for me to assume that my knowledge is greater than God's is definitely a fallacy. And for me to assume that my knowledge is greater than the prophets, I'll be honest with you, my knowledge may or may not be better, but I am not the conduit. The prophet is. And therefore, I need to rely on that conduit. And so it's very important for me to do that. Um, so um, anyways, so. Having said all of that, uh, I'm going to continue on with the journey of the cars, as I've talked about in the past. Um, so the next three cars, and I, and I numbered these. So up to this point, I've done nine vehicles, some that we've owned, some that I learned to drive on. Um, the next one is one of my coworkers thinks it's hilarious because I talk about it all the time. It's our 1988 Chevy Astrovan. Um, so uh, prior to this, we had the what I refer to as the POS Cruiser, the PT Cruiser. Um, and at this point in time in our life, uh, it was the only car we had. So it's this terrible, evil, vile car that doesn't have cruise control, and it's just evil. But we still only had one car, and it, it's extremely difficult for those of you who've done just one car. And so uh, without putting names to faces, we had a relative 
who uh, had bought this Astro van brand new back in 88, who then sold it to another relative who then held on to it, maintained or otherwise, who eventually then sold it to us as our second car. Now, I have to tell you, we bought this for $1,000, and we put well over that much into it to get it uh, so it was legal to be on the road with. But it got us a second car. Now, this this was one of those cars that just had every freaking nuance wrong with it. Uh, a rearview mirror wouldn't stay on the windshield. Um, it had power windows, but only one worked. It had power locks, but only one door would actually lock. You'd have to manually lock the rest of them. Um, uh, it, it, you know, the list goes on. Um, but it worked. And so it was it was a worthwhile having second car. But you got to realize, up to this point, we now have two cars that are uh, either old or vile or whatever you want to call it. So eventually, we got into a position where uh, we went to a car show and we were wandering around this car show to just get an idea of what we could possibly afford. Because at this point, our, our financial ability to buy a car was fairly limited. And we came across the Hondas. Now, um, I had heard of Hondas. I had never driven one. I knew next to nothing about them. But we started looking at the pricing on them and the, the size of them and thought, you know what, this really might work. And so we went down to the dealership and said, uh, you know, we, we'd like to look into buying um, or, or even leasing a Hyundai Sonata. So the Sonata is their larger uh, sedan. And um, We'd never leased before, and I'd heard evil, terrible, horrible things about leasing, but financially, it was the only way we could afford to do this. Uh, We've leased multiple times since then, by the way, not to dive into our finances, and each and every time has worked out hugely in our benefits. So I will tell you, they're not as evil as perhaps they used to be. Um, We ended up uh, leasing the Sonata and eventually uh, getting rid of the van, Um, but the Sonata is probably one of the most shining moments in car history in my entire life. And, and I can attest part of that to the fact we were just driving such terrible, crappy cars up to that point. And so getting something so incredibly nice. And we're talking a sedan that comfortably fit my whole family in it, uh, which uh, we had um, uh, my wife and I and our two oldest kids. And I believe our third was on the way. I'm not sure if I remember the timing right on that, but be that as it may. Um, and, uh, it's a larger, heavier, wider sedan, but it was still getting like, you know, 34 miles to the gallon around town and like 41 on the freeway. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it rode so smooth and handled the snow so well. I mean, it was just, it was a dream. So eventually we got rid of the POS cruiser and it was such a bad car that when we took it into the dealership and said, okay, um, we want to trade in this PT Cruiser for like a dollar. I don't care. I just want you to take it off my hands. And we wanted to get an Elantra, which is like the baby brother to the Sonata. And he said, uh, I said, so do you want to come look at it, see it, inspect it, and all that kind of stuff? And our salesman's like, we have three in the lot that we can't get rid of. But because you're a returning customer, I'll go ahead and take it off of your hands. Um, so PT Cruiser, terrible, terrible, terrible car. So the Elantra, baby brother, I mean, it was getting like 40 miles uh, to the gallon around town. Uh, great little car. Only downside to it is, is it had a lower profile, which made it hard to drive through like roads at and plowed. Um, but really, other than that, it was a very good car. So um, that, uh, that pretty much wraps up this interlude episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and I just thought this quote was funny. Uh, a bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. That was a quote by Bob Hope. Have a spectacular week. Smile, be happy. Remember you're worth it. Thanks for listening.